Please listen carefully. It just, I'm already so annoyed that we have the same bathing suit for our bathing suit trip. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And we have, ideally, another short one for you today. <laughs> we are recording to talk about the In the Heights review, and I demanded we do this episode. And, like, I'm saying another short one, but it's only because it has to be short because of prior engagements. Otherwise, this episode could be three hours. I am ready to go with a laundry list of In the Heights News, I recommend you watch In the Heights before this. We are going to spoil it. Uh, It's on home premiere on like Cineplex Digital Store if you're in Canada or other places, other ways. I don't fucking know if you're in America. HBO Max in America. Probably. Uh, You know, watch it and then come back and you listen to this. So going into it, do we, I'm not, I don't think we need to give the plot rundown of it because the point is that you've seen it already. So if you haven't, it's a Lin-Manuel Miranda production. Yeah, it's his life story, isn't it? No, not at all, because he actually grew up significantly, like not like better off than the stories Uh, of Washington Heights. I did not know that his family had a nanny. Like, let's be clear. Oh, (laughs) yeah. People don't don't often know this. Both of his parents are doctors, or one's a doctor and one's a lawyer. I mean, that explains a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) let's structure this. Let's talk about what we liked about In the Heights, because at the end of the day, it is a musical, and my heart does burst for them, and I am a slut for people singing. But then I'd like to talk about what perhaps didn't work, uh, and I will be a horrible musical snob about this in the differences between the stage play and what actually happened, and some of the conversations surrounding by In the Heights. So why don't we start, Steph? Did you like it? What'd you think? High level. Um, Never listened to a song before don't know the didn't know the plot going into it fresh faced no expectations i enjoyed it like was i like ready to sing the soundtrack at the top of my lungs at every opportunity no did i enjoy the dance numbers yes did i think they were songs beforehand so how would you i mean once you hear a good song you're like oh i need to repeat that haven't done that yet so Mm. my main takeaway was like oh it sounds like lin-manuel miranda only has two or three song different like they sound the same. The songs sound the same. They're just different lyrics. I don't know if you classify that as that's his uh, voice, sound, whatever. But that's that. I was like, oh, this sounds like this from Hamilton. So, but but this came first. So technically, Hamilton sounds like In the Heights. I don't know how you. I'm feeling judgy eyes, but I don't know. <laughs> I mildly disagree because while there are many issues about this show and many things that need to be talked about, Lin Manuel Miranda. I do think his music and his songs are very good. I actually do agree with you that he has a sound though. He also did the music for the bring it on musical. And I don't know how to explain while listening to that musical that I knew it was him Mm. because it doesn't sound like in the Heights at all, but there's something there. And I think it's because for the most part, a lot of musicals reach from the same sources and sound very similar. And within the Heights with the introduction of more like an, rap r&b hip-hop kind of vibe you are getting something that is not in a lot of traditional musicals so it does sound significantly different but i agree with you that like i like the music for this one i was ready to belt it out but there's only a few songs that i feel that way towards yeah and like i want to be in a pool dancing at that scale you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) pre-covid times (laughs) 
Yeah, if I'm being honest, I only really liked one song. <laughs> I thought, the, like, I enjoyed the movie itself. Um, if anything, it was definitely a little, I mean, like, it's a musical, so it's going to be optimistic, right? But, like, it was quite optimistic. <laughs> um, I think, like, the only song I liked was the one that was in the pool. I think the rest, again, like, to me, like, the same as stuff. it sounded the same to me, and I didn't really... I don't know like I didn't have like that urge to go listen to it later like it was like it was good know. like it was it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like with Hamilton where like they did like the remixes of some of the Hamilton songs and I was like yeah I'm gonna go listen to that because I'm interested but like this one was just like and I have heard some of the songs from In the Heights before I just like I don't know I just wasn't as into the songs for this one but maybe it's just because like like the lyrics were fine, I think. I think the beats were fine. I just like I don't know. Maybe I wasn't in the mood for it. Who knows? I don't know. Could be that. Maybe I was just I jealous. Could come back. Yeah, like maybe I could come back and be like, oh, I'm really into the music. But like in this moment, like I do not feel the urge to re-listen to anything. Here's where we're gonna disagree wildly. Um, <laughs> and here's why I'm excited to come in. I was ready to be very critical about this because I have significant issues with how they adapted the stage show into the movie. Um, there's a lot of conversations to have there, a lot of nuances. I love the music from In the Heights. Listen to it all the time. There are some 96,000. The fact that the pool song is your favorite, shooketh. Because <laughs> Breathe, the song where Nina is talking about coming back from school and realizing that like, how is she going to tell all these people that she didn't do what they wanted her to do? Beautiful song. Love that energy. I did like that so song, good. actually. That song was good. It's on, like, every time I hear it, it's, I think if you are first, second generation, like, immigrant family, where, like, you are the one of, or you are part of the generation that's the first in your family to go to college, that song hits, okay? It hits right, because you know all the expectations that are on you. And if you, even if you just, like, didn't like score, you had concerns, or you, like, just went through the natural process of being in university where you're like, man, this shit's fucking hard, you've had that moment. So I love Breathe. My favorite song, hands down, is Carnival de Barrio, the one that Daniela sings. And in this one, they sing it when they're all in like, they're in like the back of the apartment complexes and they're supposed to be saying goodbye Mm -hmm. to Daniela and Carla, but they all just decided to like chill and she comes and she yells at them. Carnival de Barrio is an excellent song. The fact that you didn't mention it all is uh, incorrect on your part, quite frankly. (laughs) It is a great song. One of my favorite songs from the musical is not included in the play. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But I think that was bullshit nonsense. But Paciencia de Fe, Patience and Faith, when the um, uh, abuela, Abuela Caria, is like singing about her entire life and stuff with her mother. You going to tell me that song's not beautiful? There are beautiful songs. I just like, maybe it's just because they're not catchy to me. <laughs> maybe it's yes. because I was watching it at home on my laptop on my stomach. Okay, that's your mistake for sure. <laughs> I definitely watch on like my TV, yeah, TV, but like, but like a surround sound know. system when it's dark, I'm focused. El Carnival de Barrio in particular is that kind of song that is a feeling more than it is a song. Mm-hmm. Like the from the moment she says the first line, she sings it with no backing audio underneath it, and then she stamps her foot, and then the music comes in. Like that is a moment when it happens. That is a like, yes, I am ready for this song. I am ready for this like will of the people music. I am here for it. And then when 
Vanessa comes through and her and um oh the kid, I forget his name, um come back through and they're he's like, Yeah, why are you all why are you all being so happy? We only have stuff to be miserable about. Mm. And the like beat changes and they bring it back being like, no, you got to live life. Mm. I think also maybe my, the, my issue stems from the fact that I could not like for me when I'm listening to music or like I I'm enjoying like a musical, I have to connect with the character a lot. And I, I think the only one I really enjoyed listening to was Sunny, like the kid. I there was something about him that like I enjoyed more than anybody else like obviously I love like the Ebola and everything but like I just like there was something about it that like I just couldn't connect with any of them and I don't know what it was (laughs) yeah I think there's probably some conversations we had about like the characters in In the Heights are not as fleshed out as they should be particularly the women because I love Nina and Vanessa but there's something about their motivations that don't quite come way through. And like, this is a pretty standard critique of in the Heights, even the stage version that like in the stage version, I don't think, you know, that Vanessa is into fashion. I think they added that for the movie. Like her, she just has a, a goal. Her goal is to move. She doesn't really have anything else about her. And the fact that in between this move, she's also a love interest for Usnavi. And then Nina is clearly in a very emotional time of her life. But then she's also in this love interest with Benny. It's like, bruh, what is going on here? And then like Daniela and Carla um, and uh, the other one, they're like not, they're not fully fleshed out characters, you know? Mm -hmm. So the main character of this is aggressively Usnavi and then a little bit of Bola Claudia. I didn't connect fully with Sonny, but I do think that the kid that played him did a very, very good job for being, like, a 16-year-old. I think there was just, like, something a bit more, like, his story, for some reason, like, struck me more. For I, I Maybe that's what it was. Like, his just, like, his story specifically and how um, Usnavi helps him and stuff like that. But, like, at the same time, I think my other issue was it was that, like, Usnavi is like this hero for everyone doing everything for yeah. them. And I really hated that. That <laughs> ground on me so deeply. <laughs> and here's what's a thing too. So Sunny does not have that storyline in the stage play. Oh. Sunny is just his nephew. his like little kid friend. They don't talk about anything with regards to being undocumented that mm-hmm. is not a story that takes place in any part of the musical at all so they added that in and i think they added it in to be honest poorly i understand why they might have wanted to add it in because it's a very real experience for a lot of people who are in um the like latinx community but it it's completely just like thrown in there mm-hmm. so in the musical yeah, Sonny just works at the bodega and is just like very close. And he was going to initially split the winnings um, with Sonny. Uh, and I, oh, he does, obviously, like when you find out he actually has it, he splits the winnings with Sonny. But there's nothing with regards to like being undocumented or anything like that. There's just like, okay, but did you find that like all of the storylines, like everybody's like a little problems that they were like fixed? <laughs> We're like, was it like weirdly like not incomplete, but I felt like it was fixed poorly. Like, um, Nina was the one that went to university, right? Oh. Stanford. I was Let, like, I'm ready to talk. 
I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Let's have a conversation here. Okay. So I regularly say, I think that musicals, even musicals, you should change. Every time you do a re- revival, anything, change it. The point of a live stage show is that there's no reason it should look the same when you watch it now as you did, you know, 10 years ago or even just a couple years ago if it's being put on by different people. They had the audacity to change things in this musical, but not things that made sense. They kept things that were terrible to keep when you're making this movie again 15 years later and the world looks significantly different than it did when Mm. this musical came out. So let's talk about Nina. So Nina, she goes to college in California. Activated. Um, She goes, oh, listen, she's not... The reason that she comes back and she can't go... So, first of all, her mother is not dead. Let's talk about that. They killed the mother for reasons I don't understand. The mother has a song in the musical where she yells at her daughter and her husband for being two fucking idiots and that they need to... Their family, they need to figure their shit out. They cut that part out completely. They cut out the mother. They also then made Nina in the movie Afro-Latina, although they did pick the lightest-skinned Afro-Latina they could possibly find... But the fact that you did that and then killed off the mother who would have been a black or Afro-Latino woman is absolutely wild and saying that you made that choice. So then they add in to the story that the reason that she wants to leave school is because she was searched while she was in California. She was profiled. She had a white roommate and the white roommate um, was like, she must have stolen something that it turns out that she just had in her bag. And so that's why she leaves. In the play the reason that she leaves is because even with financial aid even with the help from her parents school is so incredibly expensive that she has to have two jobs while she's also in school and those two jobs keep her so busy that she cannot keep her grades up so she loses her financial aid and scholarships and so she has to drop out because she cannot maintain both all of that like all of the working and the education that sounds under- more compelling to yeah, me yeah 100 percent. i like i understand why you would want to put in the storyline of like hey we're decided that nina is going to be the only afro-latina character with a name in the show so we'll give her something that is a more unique experience to someone in that group but we're gonna really brush off brush it off she just decides to go back she just decides to go back after that storyline it makes sense in the end when you find out that the the dad sells his business so that she can have money to go back to school. So she doesn't have to work two jobs to be good at school. So she can afford to go back. The idea that what she's missing is community and that what she's experiencing are these hard racial tensions. Why the fuck would she go back all the way to California? You can go to NYU. It's cheaper mm-hmm. to go to an in-school state in America. It's nonsense that she goes back to California with that particular storyline. I And I was just like, also, it's like a bachelor's degree. Nobody gives a fuck where you went to school for your bachelor's. You could go anywhere. But no one yeah. tells you that. So I can be like, but also, why, why did, like, I don't think she would have picked Stanford. They don't talk about, like, in the musical, you kind of get the idea that she, again, the idea was she was the golden child and she was going to go far. So the idea is, like, she literally went far. Like, she okay, yeah. left to make it out on her own. It's really, it's really not addressed well here in the change that they made to that. They also made a change that very much upsets me. Nina has a beautiful song about how Abuela Claudia influenced her life. She sings about how 
every single, even though Abuela Claudia couldn't read, every single night when Nina got home from school, um, Abuela would look at her and, or Claudia would go look at her and go, tell me everything that you've learned. Tell me everything that you learned that day. And so she would run through everything that she learned at school. And it's her memory of Claudia and what she meant to her in her life that inspires her to consider going back to school. And then her dad sells the company and then he has the money to send her back to school. In this one, they have it be that um, Sonny, you know, she finds out that he's undocumented and he won't be able to go to college. So she decides that she's going to go to college so she can fight for him. But it's a very, like, it literally, they go from a protest to she runs home. And yeah. she's like, I'm going to yeah. go back to this racist school. Yeah. And it's very poorly done. And I am so upset that we lost that song because it's a gorgeous song. Yeah. Yeah. Her storyline just, like, I don't know. Maybe this is exactly why I couldn't connect with the music. Like, I was upset with the storyline. So I was just like, I don't know. And then there was, like, what, what was her name? Vanessa? Vanessa, the um, the love interest. Yeah, her the story fashion line, designer. Yeah, the fashion designer. This was something that really irritated me. They like they didn't even say like she wants her own company. She wants like I don't I don't remember them saying this that. Bitch, this bitch has her community with her. She could have just asked somebody herself. She did not need a snobby for this. I literally okay. So once again, in the musical, the change that they make is that Usnavi uses the money that he gets from the lottery to call the person and be like, I will co-sign because I now have a huge amount of money in my bank account. Mm-hmm. The addition of having him go to Daniela instead, like why? Yeah. Like, like why did he need to be the one to do that? You put Daniela at risk without informing Vanessa if this was something that she would even want to ask of thing and you put no risk on yourself like it doesn't make sense that you made this change where like the point was that the 95,000 was so much money even without using it the money propelled things forward mm-hmm. so, that's but, a like, good what, point like if, yeah also what are these changes like, like who- is this this musical is supposed to be a, about gentrification right I yes so. but it's about it's very much about gentrification but it is less about you know it's also like it was written a long time ago it is more about the people who are living within gentrification the idea is not that they are going to solve gentrification or they are going to win against it they are just living their lives as best they can through it they don't you know there is no big thing at the end where they fix it they just have to do what they have to do. The store, Daniela's shop, has to leave. That is a real thing that has to happen. Um, uh, the dad, Nina's father's business is worth more as an empty shell of real estate than it is as an actual thriving business in the world of gentrification. These are all things that happen and are true. And they're just people who live in this tiny gentrified world trying to manage their lives as best as they can. I just, I guess I'm surprised that like the, like to me, like the person they chose to represent that was that one dude with a freaking dry cleaner shop. Like, well, they're all three of them are, well, all of the like main business owners are supposed to represent it because again, Daniela has to leave. She's had her store there for years. She can't afford the rent anymore. So she has to get a lease all the way in the Bronx um he again his is an empty shell that needs to be gone the bodega they don't talk about this too much in the musical and they made a couple of changes in that one the bodega is like hanging on by a thread 
Like yeah. it's there because Who it's owns it? like Usnavi. He does own it. He got it from his parents, yeah. See, missed that part. Yeah. I think like I guess like I was surprised that it didn't like point fingers anywhere. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's always like a corporation type of situation, and this one very much felt like it avoided that, which like I thought was kind of weird. It's the rich people. I will say it's yeah. not in this case. Again, you you can absolutely make something that's more about it. I would say it's not even so much as about gentrification. It's about the people that are living in Washington Heights. Got it. And the fact about Washington Heights is that it's being gentrified. Mm -hmm. I, okay. Listen, why would you make these changes? There are so many other changes you make. I was so, so let me pull that bait and switch for you where it's like, oh, Usnavi actually did go to um, Puerto Rico. Like he did go to the Dominican Republic and he has opened up his dad's little stall again. I thought that they were going to say like, oh, that that's a change they were going to make for the musical. Because in the musical, you know he doesn't. You you just know he's not going to. They don't have the whole narration bit. He just, at the very last minute, he decides, actually, I'm going to stay. Uh, I, I love you guys too much to leave. This place is too important to me. Um, so he doesn't leave. I thought they were actually going to change it to where he did. And I thought that would be a very interesting modern change. Because I think what you've noticed the last couple of years, in particular during the pandemic, has been Mm -hmm. a lot of children um, or grandchildren with immigrant families who their parents brought them here with the idea of like, we're going to give you a better life. This is where you will have a better life. And in late stage capitalism, so many of us are like, that was a fucking lie, bro. Like there is not a better life to be had here. So they actually are going back home to the places that their families took them away from. You know, you see a lot of people now who are like, oh, I decided to go back and live in Portugal or Mexico. Fucking Rick Martinez in Mazatlan being like, I found my home back here. Like, I thought it would be really interesting for them to have a conversation and make that change that he actually does leave. And Vanessa, whose dream was not necessarily about, it would have been an interesting change to have her dream not being about living in downtown, but living outside of the same block she grew up in her entire life. Mm -hmm. And so she is willing to leave and to go. Like I could have seen that being a really interesting change and they don't. And then they give you that fucking scene where he goes back to the store and she set up mannequins with her clothes on them. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Why did you do this? And then when they're like, oh, the guy, he spray painted, you know, because I remember the pictures, I spray painted the thing of the like view of your dad's stall in the musical. What happens is that same dude who was a friend of Sonny's, who Usnavi has kicked out before, spray painted a mural to Abuela on the door that opens the bodega and it's seeing Abuela Claudia and realizing that like his family is here. His spirit is here. Leaving this place is leaving the people that remember her and love her. That is why he stays. (laughs) Why did you change it to be a fucking view? You all he needed his entire life was a painted ocean. You couldn't have figured that out sooner. I mean, yeah. you're telling me this, and I'm like, what the fuck did I watch? Also, like, did they ever resolve that? Like, what happened to the place he purchased? Like, I, they they have a kid. They, I assume they get married and have a kid. I'm like, how young are they? Like, are they? Can they afford this kid? Like, I was worried. I'm like, how young are they? Are they 22, exactly 23? The <laughs> and that made me sad. Yeah, they really were like, oh, they're just slightly older. That whole part about him already having purchased 
land that doesn't exist in the musical. That man that helps the lawyer does not exist. He's a character they introduced to make those two storylines fit together. But it makes no sense if you're telling me that he was able to save up enough money to buy this and leave, find out that he's not going to be able to, and then he's like, well, not my problem. I guess I'll just stay anyway. Like, what? What are you talking about? At least in the musical, he knows that he wants to open up the store, but he doesn't have, there's no land. He hasn't purchased anything already. This doesn't exist friends yeah it was just it was a little wild left um undone and i was like uh... i mean maybe that's why we didn't connect because we're like what what storylines are these that could be it because i knew the underlying thing the whole time and that's where i'd like to tell you i think the biggest mistake this movie made john chu should not have been the director there's the obvious things of this is very much the story of a people this is very much a story of a community and it's very important that they are all Latin. And it's, you know, you could have gotten somebody from that community. And you definitely should have gotten somebody who was Afro Latino, because bruh, like, the fact that we're having this conversation after Lin-Manuel has already been on blast for the fact that there's issues of colorism in the first in like in the musical version of In the Heights. And then you're going to layer on the fact that John Chu is also dealing with those complaints because people are talking about why are the only South Asian representation in Crazy Rich Asians the help. So you have two people with very recognizable names in very good parts of their career who both have had this issue with them. And they went forward and did it again, a third time, but this time together, excuse me. But but even if you separate it from the fact that you can't just interchange people like Colors experience. John Chu is Asian. His experience of America is very different than Lin-Manuel Miranda's or anybody who's actually from Washington Heights. There's also the fact that John Chu, as a director, his visual style is big. And mm-hmm. I don't think that works for this musical and what this tries to do. I loved In the Heights because you literally, the set the entire time is the two stores and the balconies of their apartments. Their entire world amounts to these two streets. And they're already losing the small, tiny piece of land that they have with gentrification. And I think that is so much more impactful than this very large view of New York that's made. Mm -hmm. 96,000 is a beautiful scene, but I don't understand how that works. I don't get how visually that makes sense to where these people are. That big, massive dance number in a pool is so large in comparison to something like, again, El Carnaval de Barrio, where it shows you their community is actually very small and is relegated to being in a very small space. And so I find that number is more impactful because all of them together feel so much bigger and stronger when they're in that space. Whereas in 96,000, it's so spread out. It just doesn't feel to me as impactful of what the story of something like In the Heights could be about a people from a community. This just feels like New York. And that's not what this is. You know, I think he has a good storytelling for something like Crazy Rich Asians, which is all about opulence. And I think his eye for like color and design definitely helps in something like this. But that fucking stupid fashion scene, that is John Chu putting his aesthetic in this movie. And it doesn't work for me personally. 
One thing I really liked was that this is like such a small, small, stupid thing. But like, you know how they added like the little effects when they were like doing things. In oh the air? yeah, yeah. I loved that. Like the whole like the subway scene. I loved that too. I thought that was really clever. Those are my favorite parts. Like I loved these like little added like intricacies, and I was like, oh, that's cute. And the subway dance one is one of the best visual representations of that. For me, I was blown away when she's in the subway and she's imagining being back yeah. in. Um, oh, I can't remember where Cuba. she's from, Haiti? Cuba. And everyone is in that one single outfit and they all have their like headscarves on and they're in the skirts and they do the dance. And then you see her come out of the subway and onto the platform and it's got the 1920s mm-hmm. look. Again, those are very small contained sets, but the story, the visuals are so much more impactful in those moments. And then when you take her out of that and you have her go towards the larger subway opening, and then all of a sudden there's like red and red and blue lights and she's trying to decide like is this the moment she's gonna die basically that for me is where that whole scene starts to fall apart because before that it's beautiful and stunning and it makes so much sense and then that was an odd change to it and Mm -hmm. also just an fyi she doesn't die at that point in the musical either so i'm fine with this change i like the idea that she like died happy surrounded by her family but at the end of the line of Pacencia Fe is her going, Mama, what do I do with this winning ticket? Like, what do I do? Do we stay here and do we keep the money? Um, or do we take it and do we go? Uh, and then she tells Usnavi, hey, I won. And then Usnavi in El Carnaval de Barrio runs out and he goes, guys, we got the 96,000. It's for me, it's for Sunny, and it's for Abuela. And then she dies, like, honestly, she does end up dying, like, two nights later um, as they're making the plans of what they're going to do with the money. But that so also I'm not seems upset with better. that change, but it... Mm, I, the one you just mentioned, that's, like, more impactful because they're, like, what are they going to do together with this money rather than a secret that she holds in her little Oh, yeah, like, it, it almost feels like it's, like, lost on you, like, when yeah. he comes in and he's, like, ah, oh, winning ticket. And I was, like, oh, it would have been so much greater if she was, like... I had the winning ticket. Not to say that they, like, they acted, like, I liked all the actors in it. Like, I thought they did a good Mm -hmm. job. And I know people, like you said, they're too um, white passing. But I didn't realize that also John Chu has been um, not accused. No, I guess, no, yeah, he was accused of, like, doing that for, like, crazy rich. I didn't realize that. And then he came out and he gave a, like, statement being like, I need to do better. You're right. And to be fair, that was recent. But, sir, these complaints were not new. And the same thing with In the Heights. Lumen Miranda has now come out and being like, listen, you're right. In the Heights should be better. But these are not new complaints. You've had mm-hmm. these complaints since the In the Heights musical has been out. So the fact that you had the opportunity to make this movie this year and last year, you could have done better. There's also the fact that, okay, so Benny in the musical, one of the storylines is that the reason that the dad doesn't want Benny and Nina to be together is because Benny is black. Wow. There is an underlying there that How like- How many things? He, did they not include? And here's the thing. If you are going to decide that Nina is Afro-Latina, that's because you're saying that her mom is also Afro-Latina or completely black. 
So you have to then adjust for that if he's not going to want her to be with Benny because Benny is black. And what they ended up doing was killing the mom and cutting that story. And it just was like, you did a disservice to everyone involved. Also, I at first, so they removed the mom and then John Chu said, but I decided to make Carla and Daniela married because I wanted at least one traditionally married couple on this show. And I wasn't mad at that because in the in the musical, there's nothing to imply that anyone is queer at all. And I love Stephanie Beatrice. And I love that she was like, she had a sugar mama, basically, because that (laughs) woman was significantly older than her. Get it, both of you. But quite frankly, outside of the opening credits where they're, you know, waking up in bed next to each other, they barely might as well have been together. But that's your version of a traditional marriage. Whereas in the musical where it's Nina's dad and mom, they regularly talk about being a family and what they have to go through and what they get through. And like they go through the trials and tribulations mm-hmm. of being a family. So it's kind of like a very, yeah, like not I, a great shift. Until they like, I think at, at the family gathering, they danced together at some point. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're a couple. Like, I completely forgot. At first, I was just like, oh, it's our daughter. And I was like, no, it's not. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Because they're just waking up. I'm like, oh, yeah, they probably like share a bed. <laughs> How it's am I to know? Not until Carnival de Bardio, where she, like, pushes off that one dude. And she gets, like, uh, Stephanie Beatrice's character, Carla, pushes off that one guy. And, like, gets jealous. And is like, no, I'm going to dance with her. But even then... Listen, women dance with each other all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a recognizable thing that they're together, especially because they added in um, Kukua, who is played by Dasha, um, the girl from Orange is the New Black. They added her in so they would be like a little trio. But because of that, it just looks like a trio. It doesn't look like a a married couple and their friend. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what is this? Their beard? (laughs) Like... So this is a situation where, like, generally I support changes in musicals. I think you need to adapt and change to a world. And In the Heights is a great one to have changed because gentrification has become so much more a part of the conversation. There are so many more things you could have done. It was such a great opportunity to really round out Nina and Vanessa's character and really talk about, you know, the different experiences. I mean, Benny could have been... Afro-Latino like if you were going to remove some of the pieces you could have hired an Afro-Latino actor for that um and you didn't and it's like you just you had so much opportunity making this movie 15 years later and while there's a part of me that will always love it because I love musicals and because I love I do love the music of In the Heights I do listen to it I think it's great I I think they failed in their goal here completely mm-hmm. I want the yeah. musical you talked about so I got to go <laughs> Look at the screenplay. Yeah, it's gonna say I would recommend. Okay, let me. I would recommend listening to the song that they cut that makes me so sad. Nina's song. It is called. Um, I'm gonna find it, and then we're gonna wrap up this episode, guys, because we are in a time crunch. Everything I know and the Broadway cast recording. It the singer is Maddie Gonzalez. She was the actress that played Nina. It is genuinely a very beautiful song. And what they kind of did was they gave a little bit of that emotional impact to Usnavi. And then they had the scene where everybody's walking at night with the candles, which was a very beautiful scene. That was genuinely gorgeous. But I'm very sad we lost the Everything I Know soundtrack just in order to get the story with the napkins. Still. I mean, I give it a 6.57 out of 10. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. 
I can't give it a number. At the end of the day, I, what I hate is that I have all of these issues with it, but I'm absolutely going to watch it again because I just love a musical. The when people sing their feelings, I get so happy. Sing it, bitch. Tell me. Tell me the story of your heart. I like that West Side Story and this were filming at the same time and using the same streets. So I'm like, what? Well, let's compare. <laughs> I was actually surprised Rita Moreno wasn't in this. I really thought that she was going to make some kind of like cameo or something. Um, I did not know that Lynn Manuel Miranda apologized for the lack of dark skinned Afro. He did. And I, it comes back to that same apology that he did with Hamilton, where it's better than most apologies in this category, but it's a little hollow because you had the ability to change this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this is not a new complaint about In the Heights. Lin-Manuel, I still think he is, his music is excellent. Like, I love what he writes and I love what he does and I love his sound, but you can't keep doing this. Every time people like have com- like these, this is a fair complaint I think about like the casting wise. But I'm like worried that people are like yelling at these actors, being like, "Why are you playing her?" Blah blah blah. And I'm like, this could have been like a big break for them, and I like feel for them in that respect. Yeah, like the individual players and in something. I feel like you can't blame them for taking their opportunity or whatever, exactly. unless yeah. unless. It's somebody like Woody Allen. I'm sorry. Okay, but yeah. I will absolutely. Or, or blame them for that. it's Scarlett Johansson. Yes, exactly. Because I haven't, I hadn't seen any of those actors in anything, and I'm like I'm glad I know who they are now. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, there's all these people behind it. It had to I, go through so many people to get to where it was, where it was to casting. There had to be somebody that was like, wait, hold up, one wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I the actors and actresses like it's not the actress that plays Nina's faults that she's a light skin yeah. Afro-Latina. Like, that's not her fault. But the fact that the only way that they could represent that she was Afro-Latina was by giving her that curly hairstyle. It, like, that says everything you need to say about the way they cast this. Like, you could have just kept the mom alive and hired a dark-skinned Black woman to be the mom. Like, I don't understand why you made this change and then also killed the only other significant Afro-Latina character you would have had. Also, in terms anyway, of, like, secondary characters, was there only one Black secondary character? I think so, it's been, yeah. yeah. They really put all the diversity on... Um, the background actors and dancers because there are a ton of them, but that's it. And they don't have speaking parts. Mm. So that's not enough. Thanks so much for listening. Please let us know your thoughts about the In the Heights musical on Instagram and on Twitter at EatsCast. If history has anything to go by, we will not have an Instagram post about this at all, but we will have a tweet somewhere that you can thread and let us know what you were thinking. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, still watch it. Still let us know what you think because it is still worth a watch for sure. Um, You can also find us on Pinterest at everyone and their sister pod and be on the lookout. It might have come out by now, but it probably hasn't. We did a crossover episode with uh, put a blurb on it where we talked about our favorite reads of the year. So we definitely recommend checking out their podcast. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back here next week. Bye. When I tell you I have been ready to have this conversation from the five minutes into the movie, I hadn't even finished and I was ready to discuss.